Welcome to episode six of The Bit Sesh. I'm here with Jessica Angel. You may know Jessica Angel from her participation in the Art Decentralized Project Chatroom on Telegram, her Doge Ethereum Bridge installation, or from speaking at different crypto art events in New York City. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, Dan. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. And so some of the things I want to talk, so I just interviewed you with a few things that you're involved with, but maybe the thing I want to start with is more around um, being an artist. So you are a bona fide artist, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. And when did you start calling yourself an artist? Did you feel like you had to earn that term? Like when did you become comfortable with calling yourself an artist? Um, that's a great question. I started... Mm, being interested in art when I was about 19 years old, when my mom was sick, first I wanted to be a doctor and I was like really going for applying to Emory in Georgia, I was, like really serious about that. And then my mom got sick and she died. And I was like, this is not what I want for me to deal with this crap. So I went to this uh, sort of artist studio as the sort of way for me to get away from all that stuff. And I ended up in this studio that was really serious about art, which I was not expecting. I always thought that artists were kind of like losers or something. It's really funny that I ended up being an artist. Um, and then what was amazing about this uh, studio, artist studio, is that those guys were so intense and so deep into what art means. Uh, and I got from them something that I still use which is that art is one of the three main branches of knowledge uh, along with philosophy and science. So I got this new vision of art there. Also, you know, when you're a teenager, 19 years old, going through the situation I was going through, um, you know, it's like kind of, it was like a revelation of, for me, a revelation of life and like how you can see life so differently. So uh, wow. I got this new vision of art being a really important thing that is at the level of these other two things, science and philosophy. And I never thought of it that way. So um, I really took it serious right there because I just felt this drive, this really strong feeling in my gut that was like, wow, I'm seeing something. It's not even a, an epiphany. It's more like I see the light, the path that I have to follow. So just, I think... I started calling myself an artist right there when I decided that I was going to invest my life and the energy of my brain and my body to making art. So, yeah. Yeah. That's funny because it's not, well, it's not funny, but what I was thinking when you were talking about that is like, there's so many times when like you're like a teenager and you're, you're like 18, 19, right about to, you know, quote unquote, become an adult. And in retrospect, there's so many times I wish somebody like shook my shoulders or like showed me like, oh, actually, did you know that this was an option? Did you know that this was an option? <laughs> there's like, in retrospect, there's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I was lucky info. enough to have that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and that, that time of your life is, it has, it has such an impact in your future because you're never gonna feel that drive ever again. Now it, it, it turns into like all your dreams of what you thought you would be are like, am I really gonna be able to do this, you know? 
And, and it's really hard to get back to that momentum of that time. And I think that, you know, we have to continuously, until we grow old, go back to achieving that, that sense, sensibility in you and that drive for whatever it is you're doing. Wonderful. Um, the other thing, so I want, now I want to talk about the Doge uh, Ethereum Bridge project. So um, would you consider that a crypto art project? Oh, absolutely. It is a crypto art project, but in verse. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I well, what does that mean? I'm sorry? What do you mean by in reverse? Because what I was going to say about it is that it's different than what people would maybe. I think when crypto art comes up, I think the basic framework people have is like art plus tokens. Mm -hmm. So okay. how is yours different from that? Yes, exactly. So I say in reverse because when we think about crypto art, we generally think of how artists can monetize and how artists can gain control of their art and the distribution of art and uh, monetization out of it by you know tokenizing precisely what you're saying. Uh, but this project has nothing to do with tokenizing. This project, I, I say it's inverse because it's not about how... Um, artists or how the art is going to see itself be um, uh, catapulted, say, or benefited by the blockchain. But the, the perspective is, how is the blockchain space going to be benefited by the art? So this project is more about helping blockchain than being helped by blockchain. So what we're trying to do is use this massive uh, public art piece to create awareness about what blockchain is, to gather the community, to create a hub, a platform for the ecosystem in the crypto blockchain space to have a merging point or a meeting point where all these ideas about tokenization and uh, provenance or whatever you want to talk about in the space of art and blockchain, which is pretty wide and there's a lot to discuss, can take place. So uh, why are we doing this? Because my art uh, has to do, before I was into blockchain, before I was commissioned to do this project, uh, it has to do with um, kind of creating a manifestation of the virtual world in the physical world. So I was invited to create a physical manifestation of the of this uh, software bridge created by Trubit and other other players uh, in order to, to make it visible and experientiable by the community. Almost like if you could actually walk inside a software bridge, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. I could, um, I've also watched some of your talks about your art, so I maybe have more uh, of a framework than other people. So like what Jessica makes isn't, art on a wall, she'll take a whole room and make it into something. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah, and besides taking over the room, uh, there's a whole background on research and philosophy, and also science, now talking about those three branches of knowledge, uh, that has to do with comparing the concepts of the idea of space. So we think of space as a three-dimensional space, one foot of distance between my face and my computer, and then you have one foot of distance between your face and your computer, and that is a space. Uh, that's a three-dimensional physical space, which I am sort of um, 
philosophizing, if you may say, about it, uh, giving it these names. So this space I call the hard edge space. So I can like knock on my computer and that's hard edge and you feel the set, sense and can hear the space because it's physical and it's hard edge. Now there's another kind of space that happens in this conversation. Um, I'm talking to the computer and then you're receiving the signal and we're having a discussion and that is creating a space. And we are talking about that space as a space. We're also talking about the blockchain space and what is that space? It's not the three-dimensional space that we're talking about. So there's a sort of mirroring, in my opinion, between uh, the hard edge space and the virtual space that I'm calling the dynamic space. So it's almost like the dynamic space fills in the hard edge space. This conversation is filling in this this, this uh, hard edge space that is our computers and our bodies and our heads and so on. So, um, so the art project um, about the Doge Ethereum bridge has that sort of same um, relationship between that digital space as a dynamic space and the physical space as a hard edge space and how the relationship between the two is. So there's a lot of um, conceptualization behind the work as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I guess it's interesting because if you have, because the first place, because this this was this was built right. It was like a forty foot long, mm -hmm. or, right? Am I incorrect? Or it's been in, it was um, installed and exhibited, or is that TBD? It's not ready. It's not. It's not installed yet. It has not been fabricated. Right now, it's in the hands of uh, the uh, engineers, the structural engineers, who are to stamp the project and approve it. Because there's a lot of red tape involved. Uh, it is a tw uh, twenty two feet high. 30 feet wide and 40 feet long uh, sort of pavilion. It's an outdoors um, piece that you can enter. So it's almost like creating this art piece sculpture that you can penetrate and and um, go go through it. So it, it is a pretty complex and ambitious project for sure. It's a steel structure and yeah, there, there's a whole whole story behind it if you, if you want to hear about it, I can. Well, uh, well, what I was just thinking about is that it's um, if you go to a, like a, a crypto conference, for example, and it's all like a Hyatt in some like you know conference room, uh, it's it's going to look like any other conference. And so I think it's interesting if there was an installation like this where maybe it's like um, something physical, like you said, to sort of like be a conversation, like a, a, a way to, like an invitation to think differently about what we're doing and talk differently about what we're doing. Maybe that's, that's maybe part of it. Exactly. That's exactly what we want to do. And that's why I'm saying that it is a crypto art in reverse. Mm. And have you ever thought about this? Because this reminds me of, and I might be wrong about my art history, but I think there's this artist named Henry Rousseau who painted jungles, but never like actually went to jungles. <laughs> or has never like literally seen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I love those paintings, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't know he'd never been <laughs> that's that's because you've never been inside a blockchain or inside of a computer per se, right? <laughs> and, and it's interesting if you think about if you were able to be inside a blockchain, I was asking people how you know it, it's it's interesting because we use the same language. We're talking about space, we're talking about engineering, software engineering. We're talking about structural engineering. We're talking about architecture, you know? And and I want to play with these ideas and with these sort of overlaps. And 
why are we using the same language? And uh, even, even inside the art piece, we want to create some interactive pieces. And uh, we have partner, partnered up with different people. We're thinking about this as, a, as, a, as an open source art project. You know, you, you have this, the piece, but anybody can come in and, and build on top of it. What, what can we do inside? And this is where the community enters and plays with the piece. And uh, freely, you know, I mean, obviously there are submissions or many ideas, but like, which one is really gonna make it? Who's really gonna go after that? And, um, and after and make it. We have a, a GitHub account, but it, I mean, and you can see, for example, proof of work is one of the pieces that it's being developed. And you can hit a, a block, a, a wooden block with a pickaxe and that's connected to a Raspberry Pi that picks up the uh, vibration and it's connected to a script. And you can actually uh, compete with someone and uh, earn your token. So when I'm talking about the words, we want this to be uh, an, like an arcade. So you go to the piece and you have to get your tokens. And again, it's the words are the same. You go to the, to the arcade and you have to get your tokens in order to play around with all the different machines. So ideally, you'd get mine your own tokens and then uh, you're able to go around and play with other things. And there's, for example, a gumball machine um, that you can buy and get the gum with the tokens that you mined at the entrance, that kind of stuff. And so another thing that I, I want to ask you is, so um, I'm glad we went over all that, but so what do you, what do you, what's, where do you, where do you land on sort of like, how do you feel about these sort of meme artists, these crypto meme artists that are mostly making uh, PNGs or GIFs and stuff like that? Like traditionally, those people, like the art world, probably poo-poo's that. But where do you land on um, what you consider art? There, do you think that those people are artists, or do you think that that's just like uh, doodling? Or you, where do you land on that? That's interesting. Uh, I've had a whole pro progression on my perception of this. Uh, right now, I, I see it as art, <laughs> but say four or five months ago, I would be like, hell no, it's not, you know. Um, I do think it's almost uh, pop art. It is a little bit secluded to the uh, crypto world, so it is. it, it would be hard for, for, the, for the whole world to understand some of this, uh, some of the content behind these uh, PNGs or GIFs or uh, small sort of pieces. Uh, but I do think that they are uh, pop art. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll gain more and more um, um, headway in the art world as it is tokenized. And it's interesting because digital art has been around for, for quite a while. But this is with blockchain. It's the first time, in my opinion, that I consider digital art actually art, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I do believe it is art and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not about, it's, it's not for us to actually say what art it is. I think time is what will decant the noise and, and the, the real pieces of art will remain. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. But yeah, definitely. It's a form of art. Um, and that's where I see. So I'm I'm uh I'm squarely in the not a not an artist camp. Like I'm not an artist uh, personally. I'm not talking about whether or not 
that's popper. I'm talking about like my own personal stuff now. Um, but check this out. I, I have a, I have in my own head a, uh, a, a an installation. Can I uh, explain this installation to you? Yes, absolutely. See what you think about it. Is that like, uh, does that annoy you if I do that? No, I'm actually thinking it could be potentially uh, be displayed inside the Doge Ethereum bridge. <laughs> well, well, check this out. So, um, so when you have a um, uh, a wallet you have like a mnemonic a mnemonic passphrase which is like 12 words and that unlocks your your money right yes. you, you have one of those or have used one of those yes okay so imagine like a uh an installation or something like that where you had like uh 12 pictures on the wall and each one was a word and like it yeah. was a passphrase yes. um and maybe like the uh the pictures were flipped backwards on the wall and um, sort of they were like flipped over time, eventually revealing the 12 words. And then mm -hmm. there was sort of like a sort of like a big red click uh, digital screen that kind of like reported whether or not the money had been taken yet. That's like at that address. I don't know. Something like that. Some play on that. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really thought about it much. No, no, no. We should definitely. I just think it's because that that is the kind of stuff that we're doing for the inside of the of the project the Doge Ethereum Bridge uh, pavilion which uh, is um, funded by Truebit but we have also funds by the Codex Protocol who are uh, those funds are going to be used for the things that happen inside the structure so we already have a bunch of proposals along the same lines. There is one proposal that is a scavenger hunt game that you would have to, you know, go clue after clue collecting a seed. And after you, uh, you know, complete that one clue, you get the word. So Well, there you go. See? All right. So because I, right. I just think it's really funny, this idea that, like, simple words become valuable. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually really interesting. It's true. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's talk about um, – I have a list here. I just want to pick out the, the best thing here. I want to talk about valuing art and the value of art. Um, where, do you th where do you think ma – what makes art valuable? Yeah, that's, that's the big question when you're an artist and when you see that there's some really awesome art that has no value and you see some really crappy art that has all the value. You're like, what is going on? Right. Uh, but again, I mean, I think it has, you can see it from two different perspectives. Like one is short term and the other one is long term. My, uh, so the short term would be, uh, art that, uh, complies to, you know, the masses or the, ne the, the needs of, of the, of what's happening in, in the conjuncture of, of the time, like short term, yes, this is what's happening, and maybe this is the trend, and this is the art that I'm doing because this is what people likes. Sometimes that short term vision of art and the production of art tends to be uh, really successful, but in a long term, and after that, it dies and nobody remembers what it was. Uh, the one that hmm. I'm interested in is the long term vision of art, again, seen from the perspective of philosophy, art, and science. So um, I see art as almost like your whole career, your whole life, 
as an artist, you build a, say, a body of work year after year after year, almost like if you're writing a, a novel, like a book of yourself or of your research in a visual way, right? Then uh, once you put together that body of work, which is your whole life and your whole effort, is when you can find how valuable it is. So if you think of a Picasso drawing that is just a scribble, well, if you look at that by itself and forget about what Picasso did, it would it would have no value. So what gives it value is is the backup behind it of all his life and his career and his dedication. So it's almost like it works the same way with philosophy. You can think about a philosopher's sort of uh, structure of thought as, as an entity, as a unity that holds itself. And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong about what he thinks. It's, it's not about uh, if it's approved or disapproved by society, but it's about how much it can hold itself by the way he puts together that system. So it is the same for art. It's almost the value of it. It's found on how strong the system is as a whole. Hmm. So now apply that kind of reasoning to this crypto art stuff that's happening. Um, you de so right now you categorize it as pop art, and that would maybe suggest that it would have value now, but but not long term value. Or do you think there might be some that will have long lasting value? Absolutely. I think what we see is a combination of both, and it is impossible to tell right now which one is the. The, the true long-term one, you know, it's like it needs to be digested by time and we'll know after. Um, yeah. hints, you know, of who's really serious about what he or she does. You know? It's interesting the way you, you framed it because it, it makes me think about when you walk around like a museum, it's like, well, here, these ones are famous because like you can see they're working out surrealism in these photos. Like this one's like people like this one because you can see they're working out realism in this set of photos. Um, I wonder what will be representative of quote unquote crypto art. Represented. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Oh, it's not a question. It's more just like a statement. I just, I wonder what will be the considered sort of like foundational crypto art. If that's a category that's going to matter or not. Yeah. Um, I think it would be, well, primarily digital art that is tokenized and it have the set. I have the sense that, it has to do with pieces that, that make commentary on, on the crypto world. And I think those are the ones I see as more interesting in, in the crypto art space. Um, pieces that actually address um, the whole dynamics and all these different things that we see happening in this world. Um, some of them are really funny. Some of them are uh, nihilistic. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think uh, being being digital, tokenized, and uh, be sort of self-referential is what I would think would be uh, the, ca the characteristics of crypto art if you were to see it in a museum. Let me ask, hit you another question. Um, so the Art Decentralized Project chat room on Telegram is like around six hundred people in there, but what's unique about that chat that I've seen is I've never seen a chat where people write such long responses. People are like sharing essays in that chat um, about some like really heavy stuff. So 
what 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 do you think about the kind of people that are attracted based off of like maybe just like that chat room? Um, and I know you have to like be a member of that chat room, so but <laughs> so you don't have to you don't like stereotype the whole chat room. I get it, but you know who do you think is like sort of uh, you know being excited right now by this this crypto art? Well, I see in the chat room uh, the sort of cross tribal thing going on, which I really like, and it happened without me knowing the space and without me knowing that there were these different tribes. So I just started. Well, I don't know what cross tribal means. Well, let's say there's like the Bitcoin maximalist, there's the Ethereum maximalist, there's like a lot of different vision, visions and um, regarding crypto in general. So, so mm -hmm. at the beginning when I started the chat, I felt like it was there was a little bit of tension, and maybe that's the reason why it's developing to the space of really sharing uh, the background and the basis of of where these different thoughts come from. So uh, that's on one end. The other thing is I feel there's um, people in the chat tend to be people developing projects. And I like the fact that it's turned into this sort of space where questions can be asked and uh, there's a lot of sharing and uh, it's a space for learning, I believe. So, and that's what I, what right. I, um... I to do with it and to uh, encourage people to do there. Mm -hmm. um, another question would be, I just have so many, I mean, I'm asking you like questions that have just been on my mind, but they, yeah. they, don't, they don't necessarily have like good answers um, or like one true answer. But mm -hmm. do you think the blockchain is a medium or do you think it's more like the marketplace? Because sometimes it seems kind of confusing. Like it seems like blockchain's being chosen because People may find a market there, um, but sometimes it seems like people are choosing the blockchain because they treat it more like a material or a medium for their art. Uh, yeah. Is it kind of both? Is it something different? I think it's both. I think it's both. Uh, okay. Definitely my intent, my intention with it is to use it as a medium, as a tool. More yeah. than it is an um, art, but that's irrelevant to me when it comes to, to the art perspective. That's why I'm saying it's, it's crypto art in reverse. If it was crypto art tokenized, well, it is clearly um, more of a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now the other, so to, to get together and make this project you're making, this large structure, yes. um, you received an art grant, I believe, from the Ethereum Foundation, is that, is that correct? No. Uh, so the funds come from Truebit, which is a scalability solution for the Ethereum blockchain. And they're doing uh, off-chain computations. And they partnered up with other people who kind of have different roles in the construction of this bridge. So there, there was a bounty put uh, in around 2016. I'm not sure uh, exactly what time, what date. But uh, it was a bunch of a bunch of ether for whoever could build uh, this connection between Dogecoin and Ethereum uh, to make this bridge that would uh, allow you to exchange ether for Doge and Doge for ETH. Um, so uh, Truebit uh, partnered up with Coin Fabric is one of the teams, and the other one is Oscar Ginsberg. 
I think that's how you pronounce his name. And um, and they the the bridge is still not completely built. Part of it has, so they already claimed twenty five percent of that bounty. So because the money, the bounty comes from the community, Trubit wanted to bring that back to the community in the form of art instead of just getting putting in their pockets, which is really cool. Trubit does this sort of. Uh, their work is based in research and it's really academic and it supports art. Art is an important part of it. So, um, so that's where the, the seed is coming from, from the Deutsche Theorem Bridge Bounty. And that's why we're doing the Deutsche Theorem Bridge, because that's a software bridge that they built together or that they are building together. So uh, it's, it's kind of an inspiration from that virtual space into creating... Hmm manifestation of that that's where it's coming from got it so, so, so sorry i set it up incorrectly there uh true bit great i don't think i've ever heard of any other project doing a kind of thing like that i've never heard of a software developers like working to get a bounty so that they can use it for an art installation that's I know, i've I'm, never heard of such a thing but it's wonderful it is wonderful i'm really grateful uh, to them because they also brought me into the to the blockchain space which has been quite a ride for me um, I joined in October last year and it, it's been incredible it's been a oh that's a weird time to that's a weird time to join that's like when the price is like going up 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 yes exactly and then and then we thought we had three times what we have today right. <laughs> but now well, like oh we're, we're gonna need to find more funds well, okay. speak to that because I think that would be interesting for people. I mean, you you have you must have experience um, fundraising for different installations uh, in more traditional ways. What are the challenges and difficulties with raising money in a cryptocurrency? Well, that I think, in my opinion, that's the only one uh, problem is just how how much it fluctuates. Uh, so it's very uncertain how much you really have. And if you were able to pay in crypto, well, then you don't have a problem, which is actually what we're trying to do with the project is to foster the use of, of crypto. So everyone who's working with us or, you know, not everyone, but the artist types, we're saying, well, one of the requirements is that you get your wallet, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's not that I can pay the fabricator with crypto, of course, unfortunately. But um, uh, and then fundraising, I really haven't. When I fundraise for my own projects, is primarily writing grants and applying for, you know, sending submissions for for funds and grants. So I don't know exactly. I haven't really started that process of writing grants for the crypto space. I know there are some. Um, well, I did write one for the Ethereal Summit, which we got, which was awesome. Uh, but that was, you know, just to just to get the community involved in a, in a deeper level and invite artists. And uh, But yeah, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of resources in the blockchain space, which is one of the, the good things to, to be able to make art in this space as opposed to in any other space. Sure. Huh. Hmm. I'm just, yeah, I'm just different, different steaming. Hmm. They're totally different dynamics than, than say, so the do, art world. Or, so I guess, I guess a question that comes out of that that I would think about is like, are there 
I mean, TrueBit being one of them, but is there a growing uh, sort of like crypto patrons of the arts or something? Is that happening? That's a good like, one. are there people with like crypto money who are just like, I'm going to use it now to be a patron of art? It seems to me that uh, there's this sort of new dynamics between patrons and artists, which are somehow symbiotic in the sense that it's a win-win situation. And I noticed that in at the Ethereal Summit, for example, they spent $50,000 inviting artists. And what happened is that artists participating gained a great deal of exposure and it was a really great experience for artists, but it was actually really good for, for the summit itself because it just stood out as a total different sort of space within the blockchain week that had like all these other different things happening. Uh, and I think it was one of the highlights of the whole week. And one of the reasons, in my opinion, is because they included artists as sort of, uh, you know, main players in the space. And what Trubit is doing with this project is clearly uh, the same. It's, it's an altruistic initiative, but it's also a smart move because they know that it has a rep repercussions that are positive in the long term mm -hmm. wow no I, I, it's weird because i don't really think about blockchain culturally i think mm -hmm. about it technologically i think about it economically right. i don't really think about it culturally so hmm. i noticed the blockchain space has a lot you know it is based on community certainly if you think about open source it wouldn't it wouldn't work if it was not community-based and Art has that power of gathering people around something that uh, it is inherently visual and experiential and it's just like drives you in as mm -hmm. a differently, you know, it, it's almost like experiencing blockchain from that technical perspective may be hard for, for people who don't know about it and it may scare them away. So if you have uh, that sort of bridge, that sort of, catalyzer which is art to to blend in people in a seamless more uh less cerebral and less technical way and more a more experiential way well well i'm always interested to talk to people like you um because it, what's interesting to me about crypto art space if it is a space it might be i was talking to um jeff or djj strilla the other day and he was and I agree with him that, you know, sometimes it's overstated, like how large the crypto art market might be or the number of people involved. Mm -hmm. But um, I think it's always interesting to talk to people like you because I'm always like surprised when somebody can quote unquote, like make it in the blockchain space and not like write code. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's an experience that like I, I don't, you know, I don't, it's not available to me as like a lived experience. So it's always interesting to talk to people like you. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, I think this is sort of that last uh, piece in the puzzle to really make blockchain digestible by the mainstream, you know? Sure. So neat. There is a and, need for either design or art to, to, to make that connection. Mm -hmm. And what about um, in regards to, like, the value of art again? You're creating like a, a large physical structure pavilion is that a 
structure that will have value in the market or is that something that will exist and maybe just become like carved up later and maybe recycled or does it go into a container or you know what how does that work in terms of do you think about that when you're designing it or is it do you see what i'm getting at i don't really know exactly what how to phrase it but oh yeah no um, no, no i totally understand your question uh and and it's something that's come up with uh so the art piece is gonna be displayed in um may 2019 as part of the vancouver biennial of public art so um the biennial has collectors and they were asking me well how much is a piece if somebody wants to buy it like what? Okay. <laughs> uh, we haven't come up with a price, but definitely, if somebody wants to buy it, uh, we can sell it. Now we come to the sort of uh, point where we we say, well, who who actually owns the piece? You know, mm -hmm. if there are investors or people from different parts in the ecosystem putting work and, and effort and love and money into it, uh, so that's not actually. Uh, we haven't really come up with a solution or, or an answer to that. Ideally, what we want to do besides, you know, selling it would be to showcase it somewhere else because uh, it's 250 uh, uh, polygons, triangles, and you assemble it into this giant puzzle and you can, you can have it travel around the world and two shipping containers are 53 foot. 53 feet. So, um, so yeah, the, the plan is for it to go to different places. But if somebody wants to sell it, uh, buy it, we could sell it. I don't know. We were thinking more donating it to a museum or something like that. Wow. I mean, the, the logistics that oh. are involved with this form of art uh, or this approach to art seem like enough to not want to make it so how do you deal with um having like an artistic vision and also executing it when you have this many logistical obstacles like how do you keep like what keeps you driven to like keep banging away at that well what drives me is to to actually see the thing built and we've put so much work into this and it's such a cool project that it's it's worth the you know, the hassle of going through all these uh, logistical uh, obstacles. Hurdles. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's not that bad. I'm actually learning quite a lot from this, how to, how to manage all these things. And I think like, I'm good at it. So it's not something that I dread at all. It, it's fun. Wow. Well, Jessica, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Or do, would you like to share with the audience maybe how to get involved or anything like that yeah absolutely i would like to invite anyone who wants to either participate learn as i was saying the space is a physical space of what happens in this digital space in this blockchain space where there's so many people building and creating collectively uh in this ethereal world that just happens in inside computers right how about bringing that know-how on one end, whatever your your tech is, your project is, into a space where you can totally go wild and crazy and propose something out of this world that doesn't need to be uh, audited in the sense that you know there's there's no uh, 
there's no pressure that it actually has to work. You know, it's a space for experimentation and for thinking outside the box. So if you think you have ideas or if you think you would like to support the project, we're still uh, needing funds. Um, and then you can reach me at jessica at truebit.io. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your time, Jessica. And I'm going to drop a lot of links below. Definitely check out Jessica's website and look at the different things she's like her different installations that she's created. I think you'd be very surprised. <laughs> thank you, Dan, so much. Okay, bye.